0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Wow, wow, wow. Some very surprising breaking news in the NFL in terms of the coaches. And who is gonna get the last two jobs available in Washington and Seattle? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80 on your smart speaker, and of course on social media, on Instagram, at Jay Fortenbaugh, at That Guy Carlin. Joseph, we start with the breaking news that came over just moments ago. Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. According to Adam Schefter, Ben Johnson has pulled his name out of consideration for both Seattle and Detroit, told him he's staying – or Seattle and Washington, he is staying in Detroit to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, Here's some of what uh, Schefter also has to say about the situation and John Kime, who covers the commanders for ESPN NFL Nation and, of course, Graz as well. Uh, This from Schefter, commanders officials in Detroit today – to meet with Ben Johnson and to meet with Aaron Glenn. that was uh, that was, uh, yeah, uh, that was earlier today. so they got the news from Johnson himself, meeting also with Aaron Glenn, and met with Mike McDonald yesterday, who is the Ravens defensive coordinator. He is according to Graz, is scheduled to meet in person with John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, who for their head coaching job. and then, this per John Kime, as we said, covers Washington. They have five interviews f- set for this week, which was Weaver, McDonald, uh, Anthony Weaver. That was uh, Dan Quinn, Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson. Based on what I've gathered, they should be wrapped up Tuesday night. Should be no guarantee. Then will depend if their guy is still in the postseason or not.
2: The postseason coordinators get hired for other jobs team goes in the tank, or at least in some situations takes a step back. Johnson coming back is fantastic news for the Lions offense. So that's the first big break they've caught post disaster second half against San Francisco 49ers. Um, But then on the flip side, a bit surprising, you know, he was supposed to be the golden child of this year's hiring cycle. And I know we're being presented with the, he's pulling his name out of consideration, but you always wonder, is that what's happening? Yeah. Or is it a scenario in which you kind of were reading the tea leaves, saw you might not be getting the job, and then from a PR perspective wanted to make it look like it was your decision rather than somebody else's? Remember, it was probably about a month ago, a month and a half ago,
1: where in Carolina there were rumors that Ben Johnson had told him he wanted $15
2: million a year. Remember that? Yeah, and that's not the type of report that should ever be centered around coordinators. Like no. I had never heard of a coordinator putting an asking price out there. James no. Harden in free agency, right? Aaron Rodgers in free agency. <laughs> you get it because they're players. You never hear of it from a coordinator.
1: No, and if that, my thought at the time was just, "All right, is somebody putting it out there just to scare off the Panthers?" Which to me is. Silly, even if you would. Why would you do that? Because it's going
2: to tick other teams off too. Also, Tepper's a billionaire. What's the difference between 13 million and 15 million? He's still paying Matt Rule. Nothing. I mean, you know, for Pete's sake, he's
1: paying Matt Rule an absolute fortune, and he's gone a year and a half now. At this point, so there are those things. Then there is: where does Washington go? Where does? seattle go now do they definitively hire dan quinn if you're seattle if you're the washington commanders are you turning to aaron glenn mike mcdonald from the ravens are you bringing him over you know john Keim has been the guy that has said all along that they in washington did not have interest in belichick Do we need to turn and look at that a little bit more again? Because I think that's a spot Belichick would love to go, given his ties to that whole area.
2: Well, the Washington job is very appealing. High draft pick, tons of cap space. There's some decent talent on the roster. A new owner who's committed to putting a lot of money and a lot of effort and a lot of resources into the organization. It looks to be a very appealing job. But Belichick hasn't been rumored there from the beginning, from the middle, and to now. I don't think because Ben Johnson's not in the mix, suddenly Belichick emerges. These teams have been doing their due diligence for weeks now, if not months in the case of the commanders, as they knew where they were headed. I don't know if Bill Belichick's suddenly going to emerge. I don't know if things are going to be different just because of one piece of news today.
1: All right, so let's get into it a little bit more. Jeff, Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst joins us. Jeff, it's Carlin, it's Joe. We appreciate the time as always, brother. First of all, your reaction to Ben Johnson staying in Detroit and not getting a head coaching job this time around?
0: Boy, if you're a Alliance fan, you are fired up, baby. How <laughs> good is that? I mean, listen, you, uh, you know, th- 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 this kind of news is what makes teams uh, super excited. Similar to when Dan Quinn... Uh, a couple of years ago, end up staying in in Dallas, and uh, I mean, they have to be super excited about what their offense has done, what it looks like, and and the reality is, he'll he'll have other opportunities, and for whatever reasons uh, made him want to stay in Detroit to finish the job, to get him over the hump, to win the Super Bowl, whatever it is. Uh, I, I know if, if you're in that Lions organization, you are super fired up today.
2: Let me throw something wild at you. I'm just going to combine two stories. This might be a zero percenter, but I just want to run it by you. Johnson, according to reports, pulling his name out of consideration for the Washington and Seattle jobs. A lot of rumors that this could be the end of the line for Andy Reid in Kansas City. Is it possible that maybe there's some back-channeling here where Reid decides if they win, they're riding off into the sunset and Ben Johnson's the guy to run the Kansas City offense? Boom! I just oh, blew I your that, mind listen, Saturday. I, How's no, your brain listen, doing? I,
0: I love it. it. And you know what's funny is is that um, it's it, you know th- this is the conversation we have often off air, and it's it's are you taking the right job? And if you are been if you are Johnson and you even have an inkling that that could potentially happen, which to your point has been rumored, and and listen, it's been talked about even last year. I mean, of how much longer. You're telling me you wouldn't want to just wait for the right job. So let's say it didn't happen this year, and Reed decides next year if that job becomes available. there are definite advantages to waiting and being patient uh, and having the opportunity to, to go somewhere that maybe you you would prefer to go. And that's that's the that's the position that he's in. He's he's going to be if he's not the hottest this year, he'll be the hottest candidate again next year. And um, no, I I don't I don't see that as out of the realm. You know, I, I think as you're looking at it. From a coaching perspective and if you think that's a potential and here's a good thing they're going to be seven jobs open next year i mean if history you know if, if, if the common theme is we always have five to seven jobs or whatever it is they're going to be opportunities so so just wait your turn until you get the one that you want
1: jeff saturday espn nfl analyst joining us carlin versus joe on espn radio on the iHeartRadio radio app uh jeff let's turn for a second to dan campbell And what we saw over the weekend, we all love the fact that he's as aggressive as can be. And then there's also being too aggressive. Players love it. I'm wondering, does there come a point where he has to be careful how to adjust what he's doing next year to where players might start looking at it and saying, you know what, some of these decisions are really costing us.
0: Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I didn't love them, and and I said yeah. that this morning on get Up. I, I, I mean, I I think that there is a time, you know, three scores is massive, um, and, and so I would have kicked a field goal. And again, people are like, "Well, you could have missed a field goal." Sure, I mean, you definitely could have, and then you you deal with the results. But and, and if you are going to go for on those fourth downs, that both of them are passes, and that one of them is in gun with an empty backfield, that, that's definitely not what we've done all season. Um, and then I really thought the, the 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 most significant was the third down run and having to use the, the, the timeout. You might as well not have any timeouts if that's the fact. So I I, I didn't love that the the end of the game decisions. But again, you know, you kind of the, the conversation is always live by the sword, die by the sword, right? It's if you're going to be aggressive and, and you're going to go out that way, okay. Um But but to your point, I, I, to me, I don't see the difference in then. Why didn't you do it at the end of the first half if you're going to do it? Um, you know, at, at, in the second half, and so you know, why kick the field goal? Then there's all kinds of conversations that have been had. I didn't love Andy Reid going for it in the other game. I thought they should have kicked the field goal in the second quarter. So, but but part of that is just from an offensive line perspective. Look, I love being aggressive, but also love points. And three game score or, or, or three score games are are huge. You know what I mean? And, and the amount of pressure put on. Uh, is is you know is monumental. So th- there is, I think there is a level of you know how how aggressive you want to be. Look, it's it's worked for them. He put he's put his team in a position they hadn't been in in fifty years. I love Dan Campbell. You know this is not a slight on him. I, I just I didn't agree with with uh, necessarily every decision he made. And it's a balance, and, and you better figure it out because you know as Tony Dungy said famously for us, more games are lost than won make sure you're not putting in yourself in a position to lose games um you know as opposed to Joe winning them so a lot of teams have, have beaten themselves in the NFL we don't want to be we don't want to do it that way and and that's always my caution on those kind of decisions
2: it's a amateur tennis strategy right like the pros are playing for winners when you're an amateur playing tennis you're playing not to hit it out of bounds just keep it in play right just keep it in play right. let the opponent hit the ball out of bounds all right Give your brain a rest because I'm going to throw another twister at you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ben Johnson staying in Detroit because Campbell's fourth down decision making has officially put him on the hot seat entering next <laughs> season. I don't know what's so funny about that, Carlin. I'm taking it. It's a no, that's a no. You're, you're, now we're entering clown
0: status, but I like it. I like it, but it's clown
1: status. <laughs> oh uh, uh, that just all that is, all that does is uh, jeff that just confirms it's not me thanks yeah hardcore <laughs> sports talk radio <laughs> <laughs> jeff saturday awesome stuff brother thanks thanks jeff i
0: love you fellas have a great one
1: now i'll say if it happens again next year absolutely
2: huh? yeah i mean you I know, suddenly
1: it's... we revisit this interview and it's like foreign ball is onto something there uh, joe's just ahead of the curve We're all playing checkers. That dude's playing chess. Look, we're
2: all getting fired at some point, all right? It's just a matter of predicting the how and the when.
1: (laughs) It's Garland versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Now, I do want to play a soundbite for you in just moments from Adam Schefter this morning, providing more context to this whole situation. Again, if you're just joining us, the breaking news, Ben Johnson not leaving Detroit. He will stay to be the Lions offensive coordinator as opposed to becoming the head coach of either Seattle or Washington. So those two teams still looking for their head coach. Don't forget bottom of the hour, that's 15 minutes from now, Dan Graziano will provide more context as well. And Joe mentioned Andy Reid possibly retiring. The whispers getting louder. Psst, 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 psst. Next Sunday be this last game with the Chiefs. We've got more on that on ESPN Radio and on the TuneIn app.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive So, 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 in case you're just joining us, the news just a few moments ago, Ben Johnson staying in Detroit will not be the head coach of either the Washington Commanders or the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Dan Quinn was just spotted at the airport, and I guess his uh, interview with Washington is over with as he's on his way out of town. Adam Schefter, though, this morning on a sportsmanlike was really the first one uh to come out and point out that maybe this all was not the lock that we would have expected it to be or that we did expect it to be
3: for whatever reason it's been almost like in the media that ben johnson's getting washington and dan quinn's getting seattle i think that seems to be the expectation across the league and the, the one thing that i'm not expecting is for it to go just like that i don't believe it'll be ben johnson in washington dan quinn in seattle now it might be ben Johnson in Washington or Ben Washington, Ben Johnson in Seattle, or it might be Dan Quinn and one place. but I do not believe both those guys are going to get those particular jobs. I still think there's a lot to be determined between Seattle and Washington. I think that these teams uh, in talking to them feel pretty uh, impressed with a lot of guys. And I just don't think it's a slam dunk for any one guy that we've all been expecting Right now, again, could turn out to be one or both. Very possible, but I think it's wide open.
1: You know, it's it's not... Uh, remember we were talking last week about how, you know, we had teams that were interviewing 14 guys, 15 guys? It turns out that's a lot more common now than it has been before. And it feels like that they are jumping more into the deep end of the pool to try to weed out what some of the best candidates could be here. But... Whether or not Ben Johnson scared them off or he just wasn't that impressive, I I just think that more than anything, if you're Washington right now, you have got to get somebody that is going to add instant credibility to what you're doing if credibility is what you are trying to restore across the board.
2: that's, That's kind of why I don't understand the Belichick stuff. Well, you bring in 14 candidates. That's 14 free consultations. That's one thing people don't realize. Like these guys come in with binders, with portfolios, with plans, and they sit down over the course of one, maybe two days, and they lay out everything from top to bottom in terms of what they want to do From an organizational standpoint, how's it going to work at the top? How's it going to trickle down? What's the day-to-day look like? What's the off-season look like? What's the draft process look like? What does free agency look like? What does game day look like? They give you all of that. You're not sitting down having a 20-minute meeting showing your resume and then everyone's moving on. This is a detailed consultation from brilliant offensive and defensive minds. So you bring all these guys in, and at the end of the day, you're at least walking away with a ton of information in terms of which direction you want to go. Sometimes you can be wowed in the process looking at Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin was not a front runner when they brought him in. He wowed them. Other times, some of these guys turn out to be manifestations of media hype. That's not saying that's what Ben Johnson is, but everyone in the media, and this is how this works. We'll take people behind the curtain. Every year as we approach the hiring cycle, what do we do in sports talk radio and TV? We have guys like Schefter who are out there talking to everybody, but all of us are looking at the best teams, and then from the best teams we look at their coordinators and we say these guys would probably make good candidates because that's normally how it works. Good coordinators from good teams end up with jobs. Philadelphia last year had both coordinators poached. Hey, it turns out they were a Super Bowl team. No surprise. So we've been watching the rise of the Lions. We've watched the success of the offense and Jared Goff. We look at the offensive coordinator position and we say, hey, Ben Johnson, that's a hot name. He hasn't been a head coach before. That could be a good candidate. So then we start talking about him on TV. We talk about him on radio. He starts to become lodged in everyone's psyche. We just assume he's going to get a job. And then you know what? Maybe he's not that impressive behind closed doors. Some of these guys have to go through the interview process a few times to sharpen up. You can be a brilliant offensive mind, but you could stink having a conversation with a future potential employer. That could be an issue. We all thought Belichick would get a job right away. Didn't happen. We thought Vrabel would get a job right away. Didn't happen. We thought... McCarthy was gone. We thought Sirianni could be gone. None of these things happened. So none of this should ever come as a major surprise because there's always a good reason for a lot of this stuff. And, and don't forget
1: uh, the Chefter did say earlier today that with ben johnson his asking price did spook some teams off if he was in fact asking for a ridiculous amount
2: of money i've never heard of a coordinator doing that now you have to think about that for a second maybe it's not him maybe it's the agent that's doing that but when you go that far outside the norm of the profession you're going to draw a lot of attention and it's not just going to be the money you might look at it and say you know what I, I have never heard of a coordinator putting an asking price out six months in advance. This guy must be full of himself. Now, again, not saying that's the case, but people can think like that. They can think, what, what gives you the stones to come out here and start naming your asking price? You've never done anything as a head coach. Harbaugh can name his price right? He's the yep. type of guy that can do it. So it's not just about the potential of a guy having a number like that. It's reading into it, that the thought process behind doing something that no one has ever done before.
1: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can follow us on Twitter, at Joe Fortinbaugh, at Chris Carlin. Then there is Andy Reid. And you're seeing a lot of the NFL reporters come out now with the hedge. The hedge of We don't think that this is definitively happening, but there are whispers out there so that, you know, in advance, they could say, well, this is something that we talked about, as Adam Schefter did this morning on Unsportsmanlike.
3: When you're the current active oldest coach in the game, it's just natural that those questions are going to come up, especially considering that they've come up in the past, and they will come up probably every year as long as he coaches. Again, they're not firing him. He's not, it's not like he's not welcoming Kansas City. He could stay as long as he wants. He's, he's a Supreme Court justice, and he's tenured and he could stay as long as he wants. The question is, when does he decide to walk? And I've had people say, hey, there are people across the league who have said, and they said this a month ago before the players, You know, if the Chiefs somehow could win the Super Bowl, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid walked. Now, is that real? Is that not? I don't know. That's something that he's going to have to decide, as he's had to decide in other recent years.
1: Listen, it it hasn't been as loud as it has been this year so far. If Andy Reid decides to walk away, if they do win the Super Bowl, I don't think that, um, to your point earlier, while I wouldn't rule it out completely, I don't buy the Chiefs going outside the organization for their next head coach. I think it's somebody there, and it better be Steve Spagnuolo if it's going to be anybody.
2: Well, if if Reed is thinking about stepping down after the Super Bowl, it makes plenty of sense. You're 65 years old. You've achieved everything you need to achieve. Like, if you've decided you've reached a point in your life where this has been wonderful, now I kind of want to just take it easy the rest of the way out, or maybe I want to get involved in TV, still be around football, but just much less arduous of a journey day-to-day, it makes perfect sense. There's nothing left for him to prove. He's not chasing anything. Like, you're good. You're one of the all-time greats. That's good if it's good for you. In terms of the Chiefs, I'd also have to imagine that given everything that's happened there, should this happen, the Chiefs have their contingency plan in place. They're not going to be caught pants down. Like Washington knew that maybe Kalen DeBoer could be on his way out if they didn't get a deal done. Alabama opened up. They panicked. They have to make a move, right? Like in college, this happens all the time. I would imagine behind the scenes, even if the mind isn't made up, Reed has had conversations with ownership. He's not going to want to leave the organization in the lurch. And they've also had backroom conversations about, hey, should he go in this direction? What do we want to do? And I agree with you. I would think it's probably an in-house promotion because right now that appears to be a turnkey operation with how well they're running that thing. That's a great
1: point. It's Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio presented by progressive insurance. The latest on Ben Johnson staying in Detroit and what it means for the two remaining coaching vacancies. We get the insight from an insider next on ESPN radio in the ESPN app.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio.
1: Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're not subscribed to get the podcast, what are you doing? You miss any of the show, you can get it. Anywhere you get your podcasts, go there, subscribe, rate. Review Carlin versus Joe on Spotify, on the ESPN app, on wherever you go to get him. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joining us right now to provide some more context to the news of the day. That's Ben Johnson staying in Detroit as opposed to potentially becoming the head coach in either Washington or in Seattle. Danny, it's Carlin, it's Joe. Appreciate the time. From what you understand, why did he decide to stay with the Lions?
4: Yeah, I think part of it is is just sort of going through this process and finding out that maybe you know he wasn't sort of the lock for one of these jobs that um, that he thought he might be, right? Like if Washington was considering other people uh, and they got to a point where they told him, you know, hey, it, it, it's not going to be you, then, the, or it might not be you, then maybe he heads it off by saying, well, I like the job I have, I'll stay. Um, certainly possible we find out that, that Detroit gave him a raise. Uh, all that. But I do think, you know, if we were at a point where Seattle or Washington had offered him its head coach job, I don't think he was going to say no thanks. Uh, so I think this is just sort of a, the result of things not matching up.
3: He's
1: saving face. That's what you're telling us.
4: I think there could be some of that at play, sure. How how surprised? But look, I, but look, I mean, like, like his job right now is good. Like there, there's no reason to think Detroit won't have a good offense again next sure. year and maybe something will line up with him. Uh, and another team next year because, as we know, there will be more openings. There always
2: are. You know, how surprising is it that what some thought was the golden boy of the hiring cycle here, and I know there were some savvy veterans like Vrabel and Pete Carroll and Belichick that are out there, but there's always the one hot coordinator prospect that's coming up. There were eight jobs open, if I remember correctly. How surprising is it that if this whole thing's going to complete itself, Ben Johnson's not going to have a head coaching job?
4: I think it's mildly surprising because I think, you know, we were led to believe that he was a person of significant interest. Uh, and as you mentioned, there were eight jobs open. So, yes, you would think he'd get one of them. I mean, I had multiple people, you know, not not, not necessarily connected with him, but just sort of, you know, with their fingers on the pulse of this particular part of the industry. Tell me, oh, you know, Ben Johnson. Early on, I was told Ben Johnson and Brian Callahan are both getting jobs. And obviously one of them did, but it wasn't probably the one a lot of people would have expected. So um, I think it is a surprise, um, but you know, he's young and he's doing a good job. And and again, he'll probably be a candidate again next year. And I mean, unless things fall apart in Detroit, I don't think people are going to start liking him less.
1: Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider joining us right now, Dan, what's next here for the commanders and the Seahawks.
4: So, okay. So the commanders, interviewed um, Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator last night. That was the second interview. First one in person. Uh, And then today, uh, my understanding is they were going to be in Detroit to interview Ben Johnson uh, and Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator. So it sounds like the conversation with Johnson was short, um, but Aaron Glenn's still on their list. And so is Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator uh, who I think is still a strong candidate there in Washington. So, Maybe McDonald and Quinn as the leading guys there with maybe Aaron Glenn lurking, depending how today goes with that. Uh, And then Seattle talked to the Detroit guys yesterday. They talked to Johnson yesterday. And then today the Seattle front office is in Baltimore to talk to McDonald. So it sounds like Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, is still high on the list of both, both of the teams that still have head coach openings. And so I don't think anybody would be surprised to see him get one of those. But there are other guys in the mix. I mentioned Dan Quinn in Washington. Seattle had a bunch of guys in last week for second interviews. Um, I think uh, Mike Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator, is, is a guy that they have some level of interest in. So these situations could get wrapped up here in the next couple of days. But I don't think we're at the point where, you know, both these teams have settled on the guy they want.
2: So that's a lot on the hiring process. We're curious. We talked to you last week about the future of Andy Reid. It seems like the rumors, nothing solidified from Reid, but the rumors continue to build up as they're heading towards another Super Bowl berth. This is going to be a big talking point the next two weeks. Uh, Just bring us up to speed on what you're hearing, what you're thinking, with Andy Reid and the possibility that maybe maybe if they win, maybe they lose whatever, somehow he decides uh, that's the end of the line.
4: Yeah, uh, I think it's sort of out there, and I'm not sure if I said this to you last week, but I think the way I feel about it, based on everything I've been told, is I think the chances of Andy Reid stepping away after this season are probably less than 50%, meaning I think it's more likely that he stays, but I don't think it's 0%. And again, you you mentioned he hasn't shot it down, I'm not sure how many times he's been asked, um, but... um, I think I think he's at a point in his career. My understanding is he's at a point in his career where he's he's in this uh, uh, let's see how we feel at the end of the season kind of mode. And you know certainly if you go if you go to the Super Bowl and win it again, win it back to back. Now that's your third and you're what top five, or top three or four on the all time coaching wins list. You're 65 years old. And I, you can understand how a guy could could sit back and go, you know what? I, I think I'm good. I think I've had. The career that, that I could have dreamed about, and, uh, uh, and I, I think there are there are some indications that maybe he would at least consider stepping away. I don't know. I don't know what he'll do, and he may not. But uh, it's, it's out there. I have talked to some people that you know are, are close to the situation that I thought would shoot it down, and they didn't. So you know, uh, I, I can't rule it out as a possibility.
1: Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider. As far as Vrabel and Belichick are concerned, Dan, is this just a case where you can't be someone who's gruff and considered maybe not as collaborative? Uh, when we hear that word an awful lot right now, that you're not you're in that phrase now where you're not going to get a head coaching job if that's your reputation.
4: Maybe not in this cycle, uh, right? I mean, I think that that does seem to be. Um you know, it does seem to be some sort of felt like I can't speak to the variable situation. I know with Belichick in Atlanta, I think it was just a sense that like all that would have been necessary to bring him in, uh, the Falcons decided, you know, was not going to be worth it for the amount of time he was probably going to be there. So and plus, by the way, you know, they, they, they really like Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris coached for them for six years. And, and, uh, you know, they helped sort of build him into a strong head coach candidate for whatever reason. they didn't hire him three years ago. And and, and this time they have. Uh, so I think with Belichick, you know, it, it became a situation where we may have to change too many things about how things run around here uh, for a guy that might only be here a couple or three years. But I mean, Rable, with him, I mean, with him I it's Rable a little bit. On I, I, I,
1: yeah, I just want to with follow that? up with this, though. Like yeah. Washington at the beginning felt like that might gain some momentum. And then that was just dead from the get go with Belichick.
4: Yeah, it was all external. I mean, Washington ownership never indicated that they were interested in Belichick. They never brought him in for an interview. Uh, They were set on hiring a GM first, and they did with Adam Peters, and I think they wanted him to have a role in in selecting the new head coach, and he will. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I don't think Belichick was ever a consideration for Washington. It was something that people outside of that situation talked about, but they they never brought him in. And and quite frankly, when he was brought up early in the process – they, they did a little bit of work to, to try and shoot it down. So so I think it was wow. pretty clear from the outset that he wasn't going to be a candidate there. Guys, this this cycle has been, I don't want to say strange, it's been unusual, right? Like, there are some new faces. There are some people that wouldn't necessarily have gotten looks in years past, right? I, I think, you know, Brian Callahan in, in Tennessee, uh, coming from a Cincinnati situation where he wasn't the offensive play caller, a lot of times that would have hampered a guy's chances to get a job, but Tennessee looked a little deeper and found something they liked. Uh, Antonio Pierce getting the job in Las Vegas, right? A very inexperienced, but they saw how he did it up close and they liked it. So I think there, are, I, I think there was a sense this time around of let's try some new stuff uh, and maybe look at this a little bit differently, which quite frankly, the fact that there's five, six, eight openings every single year, I think more teams should be looking at it a little differently because they're not tending to get it right.
1: Danny, great stuff, man. We appreciate the insight as always. Thanks. All right, guys. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider. There's some more coming here from Adam Schefter on this whole Johnson situation that is – really intriguing and you're going to want to hear it it's on the way in moments from superchargers exhaust kits and more ebay motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to bring home that win keep your ride or die alive ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
0: this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio Is Joe on ESPN Radio?
1: James's daughter, Joe, is in tonight. Joanna, and she is in. She is going to help us do our radio challenge. Pickems, Kansas City Chiefs. They are at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens minus four. Who you got, Joe? Chiefs.
2: The Niners minus seven. Joe. Who you got? The Lions. An eight-year-old is on top of the ESPN Radio pick standings. Joe Fortenbaugh is down at the bottom. His job <laughs> is to pick games for ESPN for a living. We found yeah, a better Joe ESPN here Bet than would Joe Fortenbaugh. be okay Baugh. with us hiring an eight-year-old to make picks <laughs> for the new app? I don't know that that's totally that that fits. You know, the twenty-one and over and all that. Or maybe Joe Fortenbaugh just needs to have the right person on speed dial. <laughs> you want Who? to respond to that first? Or I do. I? Who was that with Amber? I believe. Was that Aaron Goldhammer? I believe? It sure was. Weird. Yeah. I don't even recognize the
1: voice. Yeah. So in other words, it should be inconsequential. No, nope, no, no, I did. I just, I don't saying.
2: even recognize the voice. It's like, I've never heard the voice before. Wow. First time on radio. No,
1: not the first time on the radio. No? He's on okay. all the time.
2: I'll dig into that.
1: I'll dig into that. You have anything you want to say before I have something to say?
2: No, I'm good. It, it, it's that's actually quite funny. She's 2-0. and oh. James, who's she like for the Super Bowl? James is in here right now. I mean, she's going Chiefs, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, she already told me. Well, she this has is the, the point. Minus <laughs> 2.5, and 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 that's, that's what the line is No, line. they're
2: getting points. Oh, they're, this is- Chiefs is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: But let's be clear about what was going on there with those picks, James. Uh, uh, child intimidation does not suit you. Because clearly, <laughs> clearly, it was made clear to her that if she picked anybody other than the Chiefs, you know maybe santa didn't come later this year maybe you know birthday didn't exactly have a birthday cake
2: all, right.
1: I, all i'm saying is i know you and i know what your mo is and i'm guessing that she knew what was good for her.
2: there were
3: two picks there she picked the lions plus seven too that's, so yeah that's the key I, she I did mean, have the lions i don't know what to tell you she just she knows the chiefs she knew they were going to win on also Sunday. we just
2: blasted you with light did you even see that coming um, he just illuminated. I wasn't, war- I wasn't warned, but like God, just illuminated. You look, like you, you, you look like
1: you just walked out of a spaceship with the amount of white around you. That's pretty funny. Very though. pale.
2: Yeah. That's pretty funny. So she's two and zero, oh, crushed us. I mean, I—I I was. Carlin, I got nothing to say. I was awful last week. Carlin's getting wrapped up in the process versus result thing again, too. Who cares what her process was? She got the results right. See, that's you got that wrong, though. It's about the process, not result. the result. No, process, it's about guys. the result. It's not about the process. It's about the result. Well, I'll tell you something about me. My process and my results suck right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Process and results suck. Like You came in this morning. You're like, hey, we hit the Cameron Johnson prop last night. You know what I have to say that? Who cares? Huge hole from the past weekend. One stupid Nets player prop is not going to get me out of it.
1: And if we could take them a little further behind the scenes on this, too. Before the show, we had a whole discussion about this and how Evan is hanging on to your every word and making every single play that you suggest right now because he wants to be there when the hot streak comes. And I don't know that that's the best route to take because I'm more of a guy
2: of, uh, you know, give me a ring when you got a couple right. Yeah. The Big Bear goes into hibernation. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel springtime coming? You come out of your little cave? When there's a... Fire on a couple plays. You hang a little snack outside? I'll come out. Here he comes. All disheveled, hungry, disoriented. Evan, meanwhile, it's like I'm giving him the stop sign at third base. I'm like, you got to hold up. We're not going to be able to score on this. It wasn't a good enough hit. You got Bo Jackson out there in left field with a huge arm, and Evan's like, I am going right through your stop sign. I'm going to get thrown out at home by a mile. Even my (laughs) wife, we're watching the AFC Championship game. She's like, why do you keep betting with this guy? Why do you keep (laughs) betting with this guy? He loses every time. And I said to him, I said, honey, we just got to be patient
1: because we want to be there when Joe gets hot.
2: Uh, We want to be
4: there when Musk
2: invents Tesla.
1: Loses? (laughs) Loses? All right, he didn't invent it; he bought it. But whatever, uh, it, it, you know, I think loses every time's a little aggressive from your wife. No,
2: it's th- see. This is what you have to understand: when you're in this line of work and you're yeah. winning and you're successful, it's generally like, yeah, the clown was supposed to be funny, right? Clown was yeah. supposed to be funny. Uh, we got some laughs out of it, but you know, I also was going to make that pick on my own anyway. So how much credit does he get? Then when there's the losing streak, which inevitably comes, everyone turns on you very quickly. Everyone turns on you. Much like how the city of Baltimore has turned on Lamar Jackson, everyone here has turned on me. That's fine, though. I will sit here. I will toil. It is not the first time I have been down. I will find my way back. Whether it's this week at Pebble Beach, whether it's at the Kentucky Derby, whether it's Miami High Lie, I will be back. And I'll tell you what, you
1: hit a couple at the fronton, you let me know.
2: (laughs) I will be there. The Louisiana Derby is coming up. I, can't, I believe it's coming. I cannot up, wait but. for the Arkansas. <laughs> but congratulations to everyone on the material. It is good stuff. No. you guys Listen. in the evenings, uh, Aaron and Ian, Uh Aaron, Ian. Ian's the one guy who won't jump on me about it because he understands.
1: Yeah, but Amber,
2: yeah. Amber, is Amber, the- and Aaron. That was very funny. Yes.
3: If you it need some advice, funny. I know. I know. It Just, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna want to know yeah. what she
2: likes. I want to throw some props her way. Keep it going. She's red yeah. hot.
3: All right, dog. I'll get her on the line here.
2: Did she have uh, Cody in the rumble?
3: Yeah. I mean, she liked really, Cody in the rumble. It was yeah, really you, only two. Yeah, options. she like. Yeah. She <laughs> knows like three she wrestlers. She got on, so. the,
2: uh, on the anthem. She got the over on the anthem. Can't do the anthem anymore. The idiot in Tampa who filmed it outside and put it up on the internet. That that bit's gone. For those oh, who don't know, on. that used to be one of the greatest bets in sports because the auditions would take place. Someone inside the bet inside the building would time the auditions, yeah. relay them to the gambling community. We would all bet our you-know-what off until they moved the lines, and then we'd be locked in, and it'd be great. Some moron who, who had heard about this goes outside the stadium in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium, the COVID year, that the Chiefs were playing the Niners. Or no, the Chiefs were playing the Bucs. And he stands out there and he films himself with a stopwatch timing the anthem rehearsal and he thinks it's clever and he puts it on the internet. So since then, the books will give you an anthem price, but it will be exactly the amount of time that the anthem is and the limits are extremely low. They're like 50 bucks. Yeah. Not even worth my time.
1: It's always one guy who ruins it for everyone. That's what it is. That's the
2: thing. It's like If you stumble into something, you're out in the woods, you're walking around. You see a cave, you poke your head in, it's filled with gold. You gonna tweet about it? No. No, you know what the answer is? Yes, you are. That's what every idiot in modern society would do. I've got to get this up on Instagram. Why? Why do you have to put it on Instagram? Take the money and move on. Everything does not need to be made public. Everything does not need to be for public consumption. If there's a bet that's a lock, shut your mouth. Why are you standing outside the arena taping it? For the entire world, I'm glad you got the clicks. I hate you, and so do other people. Yeah. Lots of us, because that was a gimmick we had going. That, that gambit was like, I don't know, six, eight years running? Man. Again,
1: it's always one guy. Who is that guy?
2: I, I I, know. You know what? I can't remember. Hopefully he doesn't work here. I have no idea, <laughs> actually, who it is. I just and, remember seeing it and being infuriated. But I believe it was someone and from a smaller institution. That guy
1: was Dari Noka. <laughs>
2: And believe it or not, Mel Kuiper Jr. got a stern letter from Joe Ford.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I, I I have not taken the early look at the props, but I will be on that here pretty soon. I think between now and then I'm laying low a little bit because it was a rough weekend. Loser talk.
2: It, it, it's not loser talk. We it's got an just, NHL tonight. It's it's Kraken hey, minus the one and a half over the Sharks. <laughs> Going to bet against Handman Sharks again tonight.
1: <laughs> it's just, you know what, let me get a 20 and think about things that are going on right now and focus on where we're going, that's all. No, it's fourth down, we got to go for it.
0: <laughs> this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.